in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In a previous meditation about the Mass, we have seen that the Mass is the holy sacrifice of our Lord on the cross. Through this sacrifice, we have received back our lost dignity to be God's children. We have also considered that we have a special identification with Christ and that this identification is so real that each one of the baptized is and is called to be another Christ or, as San Jose Maria liked to stress it, Christ himself. That's why Jesus nourished us with his body blood, soul, and let's not forget it because it is the most important aspect, divinity. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I shall raise that person up on the last day. When looking at the best way of participation in the Mass, one needs to keep all these things in mind. In a nutshell, Jesus came on earth to die on the cross to transform us in his children. And he has asked his disciples to pick up the cross and to follow him, which is to act as another Christ. It is surprising to see that people, when considering the best way to participate in the Mass, don't keep it in mind, but think only about external things which may help a bit in this participation, but they are not essential. For example, the language the Mass is said or the activities the lay people perform around the altar. It seems for some priest that if the person is not a reader, serves at Mass, or is an extraordinary ministry of the Eucharist, is not fully participating in the Mass. Or at least that this is a much better participation than to be in the congregation doing nothing just listening, they may think. It is like if these people don't consider that being at Mass is being at the foot of the cross, and much less of being under Christus, Christ himself. The equivalent to this chain of thought would be as someone being at Calvary and not being happy unless that person is doing something, even selling things to eat to those present to make them more comfortable or something like this. 
If at Mass we are at Calvary, and Jesus, with his death on the cross, has transformed us into his likeness, and we are altered Christus, if there is an identification with Christ, then there is an identification with his priesthood. The Church teaches that Christians participate in Jesus' priesthood and calls that capacity the royal priesthood. That means that the place in this world for a Christian is on the cross. That for a Christian to be really a Christian, it is a condition sine qua non to carry the cross daily. Remember that the goal of our Lord here on earth was to die on the cross. You were born for that. So, unless this condition is fulfilled, one is not completely living his life as a Christian. Are we like those who pick up the cross or those who run as far as possible off it? Say yes. I find it also difficult. But with the grace of God, first we obtain a small victory, then another, and then we become so happy. There is so much joy on the cross. Let us recall once more the text of Blessed Álvaro del Portillo regarding the Mass. To attend the Holy Mass for priests to celebrate it means, in effect, to detach oneself from the perishable bonds of time and space, which are proper to a human nature in order to situate ourselves on the summit of Golgotha, beside the cross where Jesus is dying for our sins, and actively to share in his redemptive sacrifice. Blessed Alvaro is telling us that during the Mass, Jesus is giving us, his children, those who belong to his royal priesthood, the opportunity to die with him on the cross by bringing our own daily sacrifices and prayers to the altar. Everything that constitutes our normal life, our insignificant life, we could say. And don't worry if it looks nothing, because God is Almighty. Thus, our insignificant deeds united to His passion becomes 
a great miracle, becomes part of the redemption. Perhaps saying it differently will give us a better idea, a new light. This is the thought. Since through baptism and confirmation we share in Christ's priesthood, we can take part actively in celebrating the sacrifice of the altar. A priestly soul finds its ultimate fulfillment when, through the hands of the priest, we offer God our own spiritual offering united to Christ and his sacrifice. Offer up everything in union with our Lord, and your sacrifice will be his, his sacrifice, not yours, by his sacrifice. We see the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and fish, like something that happened in the time of our Lord. But if we look at it closely, we will realize that it is always happening. God is asking us for something to perform a miracle, to carry out the redemption, I mean to help someone to come back to the church, to come back to Jesus. He could do it by himself, but he wants to trust each one of us, those who are his children. And then he says to us, do you have anything to give these people to eat or any grace that you can give to these people? And we look around and the only thing that we have is our own little lives. Nothing really. But we give it to him. We unite our little life, sacrifices, prayers, jobs, and everything we do to his sacrifice. And he performs another miracle, like the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and fish. He's the one who saves everyone, the one who transforms the heart of the people. But he wants to use us, wants to need us. Do we live our days united to Jesus? Do we live our days as Jesus lived them? Are we ready to, pe to pick up our daily crosses? Tell Jesus what you have in your heart. You may feel a bit apprehensive. It may not be very attractive to think that one should be on the cross always. It is not attractive to anyone. But let's look at it in a with a different angle. We have the opportunity to bring salvation every single moment of our life. But by uniting our life to Jesus' life, united our life to his sacrifice on the cross that were the culmination of the life of Jesus with his resurrection. Through our normal day, we participate in the greatest endeavor in history, the redemption.
Jean Paul II en his encyclical Ecclesia de Eucaristía number 11 summarizes everything we have been meditating in a beautiful paragraph. He says, This sacrifice is so decisive for the salvation of the human race that Jesus Christ offered it and returned to the Father only after he had left us a means of sharing in it as if we had been present there. Each member of the faithful can thus take part in it and inexhaustibly gain its fruits. Now let's develop these ideas. The real participation of the Mass happens outside the Mass, when we, as other Christ, offer everything good we have been doing and bring it onto the altar. San Jose Maria used to say that the Mass lasts 24 hours, and it was not because he liked long Masses, very long Masses, no, but because it is in our daily activity when we are saying it. What's the point of being a reader at Mass, or an extraordinary minister, or an altar boy in a high Mass in extraordinary form, if we have dropped, rejected, or run away from the cross every time it has come our way, or if we are living in mortal sin, or if we live our life with no connection with Christ and we only remember Him when we come to the church, or if we have a very superficial and lukewarm life that is not an example to anyone. If the grain of wheat doesn't fall into the earth and dies, it is our Lord who is warning us about it. There was a bishop from a very poor country in a very poor diocese that he had just arrived to the place and have to go to the Adlimina meeting with Jean Paul II, with the Pope. And he told him all the difficulties that they had. They didn't have a seminary, they didn't have any infrastructure, 
everything was really difficult and there was no rich people around to help him at all. Jan Paul II, after listening him to him carefully, he just gave to him a rosary and a chalice as a present, without giving much explanation. The bishop was really surprised, and he didn't say anything, but he thought, what's the point of all this? I really need material help. I don't need a chalice, so... Uh, Rosary. Then he went to have lunch with the prelate of Apurdei at that time, that was Blessed Alvaro, and explained these things to him, that the Jean Paul II had given to him a chalice and a rosary as an answer to his worries. Don Alvaro explained to him, yeah, he is telling you the way to fulfill it. Say the Mass very, very united to our Lord and say the Rosary with Our Lady. And soon you will have the money, you will have the seminary, you will have vocations and priests coming from that seminary. The bishop acknowledged this point and went back and started saying Mass with a chalice, which is not a magic thing. Yes, the chalice that Jean Paul II gave to him, but it has not magic properties. And after a few years, everything was fulfilled. The multiplication of the loaves and fishes are happening all the time. God is the one who carries out the redemption but he needs our collaboration. The little things that we can put in our daily mass. Benedict XVI, in his encyclical letter Deus Caritas Est, number 13, he also says, The Eucharist draws us into Jesus' act of self-oblation more than just statically receiving the incarnate Logos, we enter into the very dynamic of his self-giving. You see, it's something very active that is happening in the Mass. It's a sacrifice united to the sacrifice of our Lord. There is no real participation if there is no self-oblation. But don't panic. The cross of our Lord, the cross that our Lord wants for us to share with Him is our daily crosses. The little and constant pains and sacrifices of everyday life, doing them with more love, offering them with more love. We cannot stop suffering or working or even loving that is another way of suffering. But we can do all this out of love for God or out of love for ourselves, being in a state of grace and united to our Lord. These small actions become redemptive, like the multiplication of the loaves and fish. Blessed Alvaro said to the members of the work, and in a way to all of us, My children, bring your priestly soul into play. 
struggle all day long. When Jesus Christ offers you with himself in the sacrifice of the Mass, let him have more to show than your wretchedness. Make it possible for him to offer each day more struggle, more effort, more humility, more love. I would like to stop for a moment in this sentence. When Jesus Christ offers you with himself in the sacrifice of the Mass, yes, a collaboration with Jesus is not just a close collaboration, like the hen giving the egg for the English breakfast, but it is a real commitment like the one of the pig giving the bacon for that English breakfast. What can you bring onto the altar when the priest offers the bread and wine? Do you come to Mass with empty hands? At the end of the offertory, the priest says, Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Since we are Christ's priest, let's not be mere spectators when we are at Mass, but priest, priest that, as Jesus, we also offer to God, the Father, our whole life. We ourselves are worth nothing, but instead of grace, when we are united to Jesus, we have the power of the cross acting through our lives. Since we are talking about preparation, let's look at practical points. First of all, to be always in a state of grace. St. Thomas Aquinas says that the person who doesn't have grace doesn't have anything. It is through our union with him that we can transform our poor little life into redemption. Our efforts are worth nothing unless united to our Lord. The second practical point is try to become holy 
which means another Christ. No good, no pious, but another Christ, Christ himself. The third point will be, use your life every day to love God for 24 hours through the little sacrifices, difficulties, efforts that life provides. This is the way God wants us to die on the cross. It is like a martyrdom in a slow motion. Put your whole day on the pattern, then a sacrifice, your sacrifice, will be his sacrifice. The fourth point brings us the idea that it is through the Eucharist, through the Mass, that we give sense, direction, goal to our lives. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, point 1327, it says, In brief, the Eucharist is the sum and summary of our faith. Our way of thinking is attuned to the Eucharist, and the Eucharist in turn confirms our way of thinking. The fifth practical point. The Mass demonstrates that we are really children of God, that it is not just a nice feeling or a good thing God has said to make us feel good, but a reality. God nourishes us with his body, blood, soul, and divinity because we are truly his family, other Christ. Six point. Before God, we are worth what our Mass is worth. Mass that we, the royal priesthood, say with our deeds and last 24 hours. The real substantial participation happens during the day, with our families, in our jobs, with our colleagues and friends. That the Mass is said in English, Swahili, Latin, is the least important thing. Or if it says in the ordinary form or the extraordinary form, is the least important thing. A union with Christ is what matters. Only united with him, we can carry out the redemption. I understand that there are different tastes and preferences, but let's not put them above Jesus. The seventh point, I mean practical point, point is, I can assure you that if you have been very united to Jesus during the whole day, that if you have put God at the top of your priorities, you will be recollected at Mass even if the choir sings taggy hymns very badly. You will be at the top of Calvary, looking intensely at Jesus as Mary did. Nothing will distract you. And the last point. What would you have said to Jesus if you have had the opportunity of being at Calvary in front of Jesus' cross, beside Mary. That's what the Mass does. Take great opportunity of it. I would have said to him, 
that I am very sorry for my own sins, my many sins. And I would ask him also the eternal question. Why do you love me, Lord? Why do you come looking for me when I run away, I run away from you? Why do you still trust me if I have failed you so many times? And I say to you, Lord, at the same time that I'm holding your feet, legs and the cross, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I give you thanks, my Lord, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My mother Immaculate Saint Joseph, my father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. <laughs>